Welcome to Tent Talk, the podcast with Nancy McCrady, where we talk about life under the big tent of God's presence and the provoking process of discipleship. Here we go. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Tent Talk. This is Nancy McCrady. Welcome to the series At the House. My friends, if you can't be free at home, you can't really be free anywhere. And so it is true, if you're free at the house, then you're free anywhere you go, because you are the house of God. And when God makes you free at the greatest depths possible inside of you and in the most private place where you live, which is at your home, at your house, with your people, in your own skin, then my friends, you are getting free. It's time for us to care more about what's happening privately than what is happening publicly. And as I say in my book, From Trauma to Trust, until the church is free privately, she can never stand in her full authority publicly. So this is a very timely word. Take a listen, share it with others, subscribe, give Tent Talk a five-star review so that we can get it out to more listeners and the message can get out. Thanks so much for being with me today as we launch out the series, At the House. Here we are again at the house. I would love to hear your feedback on what is stirring in you as you listen to these episodes. Send me your thoughts. I'm not asking you to set up an appointment with me. You don't have to share anything that you don't want to. But it would be helpful to me to have feedback. Send it to nancy at nancymccrady.com. I'm the only one that reads my email, so feel free to share as little or as much as you want, and then I will respond as is appropriate. So let's continue in going a little bit deeper into the house and what it can mean when God literally is going to set you free at very intense depths right inside your house, right inside your own skin, right inside your most um, important and maybe frustrating relationships with family members, with spouses, parents, siblings, children, whether they be young or they're full grown, wherever you may find yourself at, maybe even with friendships that you thought were going to be forever and you find now that they had an expiration date on them that you did not expect. Because when we are in close proximity to people, and they have uh, great velocity, if you will, great volume and speed within our lives because we've come to depend upon them. We love them to the best of our ability. But what we find is that when God is going to mature us, He begins to Uh, bring forward things that have lied hidden and dormant within us. Maybe we've let a lot of things slide because we just don't want to make waves. Maybe we haven't said things that we really think because then someone else might get upset. And when people get upset, they can take their affections and their attention and their time away from you. So you've spent a lot of time managing relationships and literally keeping people in your life uh, simply because of what you do for them, what you say and don't say, 
Maybe you get a lot of kudos because, you know, you're just so easy to be with because you just don't require anything of me. And even though I might be, you know, so selfish, you just stay with me. And that just totally floats your boat. And you're like, yeah, I'm that special person in people's lives. They can count on me. But listen to me, my friends, when God begins to mature you as a son, all of that's going to lose its uh, shine. And if God is really moving in you, let me tell you something, your appetites are going to shift. Your tolerance levels are going to change. Your willingness to uh, just make everybody happy uh, will begin to uh, lessen. And I want you to be able to recognize that it's a part of God bringing you more and more to himself. You see, we've met a lot of our own needs independent of God. We have a lot of behaviors that are still associated with the old nature. Even though we are new and share in the nature of God, we live the majority of our life daily, especially at our own house, in ways that have just always worked for us. I'll be a good mother, a good father, a good husband, a good wife. I'll be a great parent. People will love me. I will nurture them. I will do for them. uh, And they will in return love, honor, and respect me. And yet maybe that's not quite working out. Um, My friends, love is not something that you're supposed to have to earn. Love is not something that you are supposed to Uh, have to barter for. Um, And so the love of God and the love that is God himself uh, comes to us in ways that are uh, oftentimes quite surprising because we just did not expect that they would show up that way. So I want to be able to read a scripture to you. Now it has everything to do with Uh, our maturing into Christ, and oftentimes we hear it, uh, you know, in the context of fivefold ministry leaders in the church and and, uh, that they are to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, and that is very true. But the overall view is that, uh, yes, God does use people in authority in our lives to mature us. Because let me tell you what, people in authority in your lives, they're going to press every button you've got. Whether that is uh, a spouse, whether that's a church leader, a pastor, a mentor, uh, someone you looked up to, bosses, whoever, whoever it might be. Uh, In my um, development project um, online course, I, I talk about this. Uh, Because if you're going to be an authority, my friends, and you are called to be at some level, um, that, let me tell you, all of your attitudes uh, and schmoozing of authority figures will get dealt with in your life if you mature with God. Because being an authority doesn't mean you're the most, just the most popular person in the room. It doesn't mean that everybody kowtows to you. You get all the perks. Um, you're the person with all the, you know, the power. Um, and it, it's not, that's not what authority is in the kingdom. And you look at Jesus, if you want to know what real authority looks like and requires and how it behaves and uh, 
you, you, we've got to, we've got to look at this. See, because everything I'm doing is calling sons into that place of real discipleship, which is you're going to follow Jesus so that you can live as a son to the Father by the finished work of Jesus through the person and power of Holy Spirit. Because my friends, we've got assignments. We have assignments that the Father wants to realize through us in this hour of history. So I'm not just interested in you having a nice Christian life at your house and have a nice family. And you, and No, no, I'm talking about what the Father has always meant for our lives, our relationships, our homes, all of that to be unto Him. That's not usually going to fit whatever dream you dreamed on the bed of your abuse growing up or your bed of lack or your, um, you know, I was poor when I was young and by God, I'm going to be rich now and God wants me blessed and I am going to be blessed by God. <laughs> okay. Right. Do you understand like whatever your vows in your youth, my friends, those, those are not the things that God's going to help you make happen. Now there's a word that God wrote over your life that he is working on. That, that's what he's working on. That's why some of you may be in the process right now of some of your dreams are going down. Hmm? Some of you right now are in the place of you realizing, wow, I think my life and my home and my house and my assignment, all that is, uh, I didn't, it's like I didn't even know this is how it was going to look. I didn't even know this was how it would be required. But this is why in, you know, Ephesians, Ephesians 1 through 3 tells you who you are. And then it says now, therefore, you know, because this is who you are, therefore, Paul says in Ephesians 4 verse 1, I appeal to and beg you to walk and lead a life worthy of the divine calling to which you have been called with behavior that is a credit to the summons to God's service, living as becomes you. (laughs) Wow. So your calling, my friends, is not your occupation. Your calling is you've been called to him. Jesus said, now come to me. Learn of me. Learn of me. How I live. How I tell the truth. Because I'm so loved by the Father, I'm not trying to manage every other human being around me. Uh, My disciples can misbehave and deny me and betray me and, you know, uh, try to correct me. I don't live unto them. I'm not trying to manage them. And and, uh, I read in in a great book that I try to give to everybody that I can, Toxic Love by Malcolm Smith, Uh, where it says, Jesus could have said to Peter, look, Peter, you're going to embarrass the entire ministry. Could you please stay home tonight and don't talk to any girls by the fire? And, uh, you know, but Jesus didn't. He's like, "Uh, move freely about. Judas, you got things to do? Move freely about. Because Jesus was being led by the Father. He was here to complete his assignment, and he understood there were going to be things along the way, okay, that don't fit 99% of what we think is Christian projection, you know, trying to project this fabulous Christian life that I'm leading. I'm like, where where did you get that? Where where do you get one of those, right? (laughs) Right? Listen, this is about living as Christ because I now share in his life and nature. You see, God already had Jesus. Jesus came so God could have me, the Nancy that he created in Christ before the foundations of the world. And he's calling you to himself, the you that he made in Christ for himself. That's the you that he's calling you to. 
That's the you that he's calling forth. Okay, this is what God has got his eyes set upon, right? Not creating some, you know, lifestyle, and I'm an influencer because of the lifestyle, you know. Well, the lifestyle that we're in, because everything at my school, the producer's way, everything here at Nancy McCready Ministries is learning that becomes a lifestyle. Well, whose style of life is it? It's his And let me tell you what, it goes completely against the grain of the natural life. And we need to hear him. And Paul is saying to us, look, I've just spent Ephesians 1 through 3, right? I don't know if he'd say it quite like that, but Ephesians 1 through 3 telling you like, this is who you are. Now live a life worthy of that. And this living that becomes you with complete humility unselfishness, gentleness, mildness with patience, bearing with one another and making allowances because you love one another. Be eager and strive earnestly to guard and keep the harmony and oneness uh, of the Spirit in the binding power of peace. My friends, if you take just nice Christianity and you try to read this uh, through the eyes of the natural, of the law, of being a good moral person, you miss what Paul is really saying. Because you don't see Paul and them going around trying to be nice, make everyone happy. You don't see Jesus doing that. So that can't be possibly what they mean. I mean, if you really go in and read how Jesus really lived with people, how Paul really lived with people, even though, amazingly enough, you don't see... Um, you know, whole chapters and books on, you know, specific stories of their families and all of that. I mean, you see some with Jesus. I mean, his mother and brothers would show up and Jesus at some point said, okay, the natural lines of of familial connections um, have shifted because I've stepped into my assignment with my father. Therefore, the whole way I relate with my blood family has shifted Right, Because Jesus said, well, those who are my family are those who do the will of my Father. Right there, he showed there was family, family lines, family um, fidelity. Things had shifted. And so we, we have to say, okay, I need to look at that. When Jesus says... If you're going to be my disciple, you have to hate mother, brother, father, you know, and even your own, your own life. What does he mean by that? Well, that's going to show up at your house, let me tell you. That, because this is either real or it's not. And it does not get lived out just on the public platform, in the public arena. This is learned in the deep private place of your life. What does he mean when he says these things? What does he mean when he goes on to say, let's live truly, deal truly, speak truly? What does that mean? You see, too many of us have hidden resentments. We're trying to control outcomes so we don't tell the truth, maybe because we don't know the truth. It hadn't set us free, so we don't know how to tell it to others. We don't know how to express the truth, not just your truth. We don't know how to express the truth because we've not let the Father talk to us. You see, because we tell ourselves lies. We la, 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 don't don't say that, you know. Because I might have to face something that is so piercingly painful that I don't know if I can take it. No, my friends, you can't take it. That's why you're trying to manage it. But when at the house, 
at your house in the deepest places possible, when you allow the Father to bring truth to you, the only way you can endure it, face it, look at it, is to literally bury your face in the chest of God and let Him embrace you. That's why He's not just going to throw you into a sharp object, impale you on a stick of truth. Now, it still may feel that way, but He is going to be present. He is going to walk you into truth as you begin to be hungrier and hungrier to really face it. Some of you might be like, if I were to ever speak the truth at my house, Nancy, I don't know if I'd stay married. I I know. That means, uh, are you asking yourself then the question, am I holding on to this marriage by lying? Am I holding on to things by not facing truth? Right Now, I didn't say go get divorced. I didn't say you're trying to... I'm saying that what you may be getting ready to have to face is that some people might not choose to stay with you if you get real free and start following the Father like Jesus did. Not that you would leave them, because actually the more that you let God love you and the more you live in love, the more you will truly love people and you will stop managing them. The fear oftentimes for us is that if I get free, I don't know if others are going to want to be with me. And yes, my friends, sometimes that's that's going to be something that you're going to face. Is that as long as you kowtow to them and walk on eggshells and only say what makes them happy and do what makes them happy, and you don't tell the truth and you cover for them and you lie for them, they'll stay with you forever. But that's not a real house, is it? That's not built upon the foundation of how God lives. Because I guarantee you the the hidden resentments and bitternesses in both are going to eventually uh, show up. Uh, because God loves you, whether you love God's ways or not, and whether you love God's truth or not, God loves you. And He's going to press you to face truth in a way that you might not have ever thought was going to really happen. You thought even God was going to play your game. But he's not. He doesn't. So having lived this way myself, having had to face many things, and there may may still be things for me to face. I'm not here saying I'm an expert uh, on these things because I've got it all down and my family lives perfectly and all that. No, but we, we live in as real as we've ever lived and facing things and uh, I tell you, that that will take you to new dips with God at your house and in your own guts. Because, my friends, God is after flaming houses of fire, and that fire is His presence. That fire is His life and truth. Because when the world, when He starts flipping the house, my friends, and He begins then to have houses that are that are being stewarded by sons who have embraced His ways at their house, Therefore, they're no longer hiding things. They're no longer trying to project, you know, some faux Christianity. I mean, they've been lit up by the flames of God's life and love themselves. They're going to be glad to be doorkeepers at this house of fire. And then when God then says, okay, now I've got some that have have gone with me personally, now I can begin to bring others to them 
the house is being built, the house is being tended to, the, the fire on the altar remains stoked at all times. Okay, then he's going to light up the world, and the world is going to be like, okay, I'm seeing something I have never seen before at the church house, at this depth in this way. Don't, don't think that revival is coming at the house through some glorified church service. Oh, it's, it's about to look like maybe something we've only dreamed about when we were caught up with the, with the Spirit. But He can actually produce it. You see, there's only this one life that we're being matured into, and it's Christ's life. You see, it says and goes on in Ephesians 4 as I close out for today. It says that let's don't any longer be children tossed like ships to and fro. Hmm? Let's, let's don't live like children. I said in the previous episode, this isn't about your inner child. This is about the inner man. That's like two completely different things. We're not going to be tossed about like children. We're not trying to revert back and get what I didn't get in my childhood. Oh, no. I'm about to get what my father always meant for me to have as his child and a maturing child at that. Because we may come in as babes, but we're going out as sons. So it says, then let our lives lovingly express truth in all things, speaking truly, dealing truly, living truly, enfolded in love. My friends, the enchilada of love, we are enfolded on every side. Let us grow up in every way and in all things into him who is the head, even Christ. For because of him, the whole body, the church, and all its various parts, closely joined and firmly knit together by the joints and ligaments with which it is supplied, when each part with power adapted to its needs is working properly in all its functions, grows to full maturity, building itself up, in love. Oh, my friends, could this be? Could this be? Oh, yes, it is, and it will be. He is going to have the house that he is building, and it will be sons who are lively stones, who have embraced their father because they realized there is no living apart from him. There is no gray, my friends. The more you go with him, mm -mm, there's, there's no gray. You're in. You're in with him. And to face truth, as we're going to have to now, in our homes, and our own skin, according to what he is doing, in real true discipleship, in real family meetings, he is going to do it, my friends. And the only way to face it, to bear it, to live it, is fully abiding in Him. Oh my, how privileged we are to be His. So, think on these things, and let's continue on as we continue with the At the House series here on Tent Talk. I love you all. For more information on Nancy, please visit nancymccrady.com or follow her on social media at nbmccrady.com.